Thank you, choir, for just ushering us into the presence of the Lord. I'm going to ask the church remain standing as I introduce the scripture and go to the Lord in prayer one more time. The title of my message this morning is Get Off My Property. It's a call to conquering our enemies. Amen. And it is a call to taking our land. How many of you know God has a promised land for his people? Amen. I'm not talking about a geographical location. I'm talking about a supernatural place in the presence of the Lord. A land that's flowing with milk and honey and all good things. It's a place reserved for those who love him. Those who are called his children. It's a land that God has prepared for us this morning, church. A land he never intended for us to share with the enemy, but for us to fully possess. Amen. How many of you want to fully possess your promise this morning? Now, we have to learn to rise up in faith and drive out the enemy. And it's what God is calling us to do this morning, church. It's calling us to conquer our enemies. It's calling us to, to take possession of our promise. How many are ready to take possession this morning? Amen. Let's just go to the Lord one more time in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. I thank you, Father God, that you have given us a way to go all the way. I thank you, Father God, that you've not left us to tarry or run this race all alone, but you've given us everything we need pertaining to life and righteousness. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that leads us into all truth. That's our comforter in the times of trouble and difficulty. The one that gives us the strength to go on, God, and we pray for that strength this morning. Pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, God, to reside in this place once again. I pray, God, that the words of heaven would flow forth and touch the lives of your people. I pray, God, that you would anoint my mind, anoint my body. Anoint your people, God. Let us receive your word this morning. Come against every hindering spirit that we might possess our land. Give us the faith to rise up, O oh God, against our enemies and tell them to get off of our property in the name of Jesus. We give you the praise and the glory and all of God's people said, Amen. You might be seated. I have... Use this title, church, because I believe with all of my heart that the enemy has so infiltrated so many areas of our lives that it's time for us to rise up and say, stop living off of my land. I believe it's time for us to rise up and tell the devil to stop treading on our territory and stop stealing our stuff. How many of you are tired of the devil stealing your stuff? Amen. Tired of fiddling with your finances and Messing in your marriage and trying to control your kids and just playing around on your property. If that's you this morning, then we need to rise up, church. And we need to just come face to face with the enemy who's roaming about on our territory and say, enough is enough, Satan. It's time to get off my property and it's time to get off my promise in the name of Jesus. Remember, God said, behold, I have given you this land, so go up and take it. He didn't say, I've given this land to the Amorites. He didn't say, I've given this land to the Hittites or the Canaanites or the Perizzites. He said, I gave this land to you, so I want you to rise up and possess it. It's exactly what God wants us to do, church. 
He wants us to stop talking about His promise. He wants us to rise up and claim our promise. Amen? And this is what God is calling us to this morning. He said, I swore to your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So go up and take it. And it's what God's calling us to do this morning, to rise up and possess our promise. To rise up this morning and take control of our territory. To rise up in the face of the enemy and tell him enough is enough. Get off my property. You see, there's some of you this morning that need to rise up and take control of your marriage. You need to take control of your household. You need to take control under the anointing of Jesus Christ and take authority over the enemy that's infiltrated every area of your life. And you need to utterly and completely drive him out so that you can have victory in your household. Amen? I believe it's time for us as a royal priesthood to stop cohabitating with the enemy and allowing him to live off of our land because we're afraid to fight and drive him out of our lives once and for all so we can fully possess our promise. Listen, I don't know about you, church, but I want more than a piece of God's promise. Amen. I want the whole thing. I know that that might sound a little selfish. I know that might sound a little arrogant. I might, I know that might sound a little boastful, but I want you to remember that the word said the Lord has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to remember that God said I have come so that you might be the head and not the tail, the above and not the beneath. And you and I need to understand that there comes times in our life where we need to rise up under the authority that God has given us as more than conquerors and step out and take our land and drive the enemy out of our lives. Amen. Listen, I want more than a cluster of grapes like the spies brought back after a 40 day free trial of the promised land. I want more than a cluster of grapes that lasts a day or two. I want more than a cluster of grapes that might just satisfy my longing for a day or two. I want the whole vine. I want the whole vineyard. I want the whole promised land. Amen. You see, God has a promise for us, and there's nothing wrong with us wanting to rise up and possess that entire land. There's nothing wrong with us wanting to rise up and claim the territory that God has called out for us. God wants us to rise up and do that this morning, church. Listen, I want to do more than talk about my promise. I want to do more than look at a picture of my promise. I want to do more than carry around a dried piece of fruit like some of the Israelites did when they failed to go up by faith and take the land. All they had to look at was a piece of the promise, church, and after two or three days it dried up. I'm tired of dried up promises. I'm tired of carrying around a little piece of the promise. It's time for us to rise up and possess the the whole land that God has for us this morning. Listen, I want you to know that your children are tired of looking at a piece of the promise. They're tired of you talking about it. They're tired of you carrying up some dried up piece of fruit. They want you to carry them into the promised land and let them dwell in a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It's what God is calling us to do this morning, church. But for that to happen, we have to go up and take it. Amen. For that to happen, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. We can't allow ourselves to be infected by fear like the ten spies who infected the entire nation of Israel. When they first stood on the edge of the promise at Kadesh Barnea Church, instead of rising up in faith, they rebelled against God. They believed a bad report. Instead of taking their promise, 
They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, church. Listen, if you want to fully possess your promise, we've got to be like Joshua and Caleb who were full of faith and said, let us go up at once and take the land. You see, Joshua and Caleb were full of faith. You know the whole story, and I'm not going to talk about it, but ten spies polluted the entire nation of Israel with a bad report. They polluted the entire nation of Israel. Joshua and Caleb were men of faith, and they rose up in the midst of their enemy. They rose up in the, in the face of the congregation and said, Let us go up at once and take this promise. Let us go up at once and possess this land that God has for us. Let us go up at once and take the territory that God has mentioned, named out and staked for His people. Let us not delay. Let us not procrastinate. Let us not make any excuses. Let us not give fear time to fester in the soil of our soul. You see, the children of Israel, or Joshua and Caleb said, let us not give the enemy one more moment on our piece of property. And there's some of us that need to rise up this morning and say the same exact thing. We need to rise up this morning and say, I'm not going to give the devil access to my property one more moment, one more day, one more night, one more second in my life. I'm going to rise up under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to take what belongs to me. You see, there's some of us that need to rise up and say, I'm not going to let the devil have one more moment in the middle of my marriage. I'm not going to let the devil have one more moment in the middle of my mind. I'm not going to allow the devil to have one more moment in the life of my children or in my finances or in any area of my life. I am going to rise up and utterly drive the enemy out. Let us go up at once and take it, Joshua said. Let us not hesitate. Let us not wait for God is surely with us, church. I want you to know this morning that God is with you. I want you to know that if God is with you and God is for you, no one can stand against you. Amen? We have the power and the authority to rise up and take what has been given to us by the power of the cross and through the work of Jesus Christ. Listen. The truth is, some of us have been putting up with the enemy for far too long. We've allowed him to pitch his tent. We've allowed him to unpack his bags right in the middle of our lives. We've allowed him to pitch his tent and unpack his bags right in the middle of our marriage. We've allowed him to unpack his bags right in the middle of our families, right in the middle of our businesses. We've allowed him to unpack his bags right in the middle of our mind. We can't face the day. We can't sleep at night because the devil is walking on our territory. When this is God's property, church, and we need to learn to rise up and say... Get off my property in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We got to start acting like it, church. We got to start exercising that divine authority that God has given us as his children and rise up in the face of the enemy and take control of our territory. Amen. Listen. If we want to fully possess our promise, we've got to be like Joshua and Caleb who rose up in faith and was willing to drive the enemy off of their territory. You see, what we have to understand is that one of the biggest problems with the children of Israel is that when the promised land was finally divided up among the tribes, they didn't drive the enemy off their land, church. 
God had spoken to them in Exodus chapter 23, 33, and was preparing them for the promise. And he told them, when you go into the land of promise, I want you to completely overthrow the enemy. There you are to make no room for the enemy or allow him to dwell in your land. But the people didn't listen, church. They didn't stake their claim. They didn't go into their promise and drive out the enemy. They didn't tear down the false gods. They didn't tear down the false idols like they were instructed to. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that they cohabitated with the enemy instead of telling him to get lost. The reality is when they finally went into the land church, they settled in with the enemy instead of utterly overthrowing him. And it's why years later you'll find in Scripture that the people of God called themselves prisoners in a land of plenty. It's why the children of God themselves called themselves prisoners in a land of paradise. Because they compromised with the enemy instead of conquering him, church. Because they tolerated the enemy instead of driving him off their land. They cohabitated, church. They settled in with the the enemy instead of driving him out. And you know what happened. Listen, when you allow the devil to come into your life, when you allow the devil to habitate with you, when you when you give him room to roam, you become slaves to him, church. It's what happened with the children of Israel. Instead of them driving out the enemy, they became slaves to the enemy. And the same thing happens in our life as well. Utterly drive them out. Don't give them room to roam. Do not give them any place In your life, God said, because if you do, you'll become a slave. If you do, you'll become a prisoner in paradise. Listen, there's a lot of prisoners in paradise this morning. There's a lot of individuals walking around calling themselves children of God, and yet they're slaves to the enemy. They're slaves to fear, slaves to depression, slaves to anxiety, slaves to drugs, slaves to alcohol, slaves to pornography, slaves to fear, slaves to the enemy church. Why? Because they have not utterly driven him out of their land. It's time for some of us to go home and drive out the enemy, church. It's time for us to go home and stake some territory and say, this land is mine. Get off my property in the name of Jesus. Listen, far too many of God's people are doing that very same thing. They're giving room for the enemy to roam. They're giving him access to every area of their life when they ought to be driving him out. We're doing the same thing Adam did in Genesis chapter 3. Church, you know the story. God gave Adam rule. He gave him rain. He gave him dominion over every living thing, over the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. He gave him dominion over everything that had breath. He told him to guard the garden. He told him to go forth and multiply. He told him to take the character and the kingdom of God all across the earth. But what has the Bible said that he did? He sat back and he watched the devil wiggle his way into the garden of God. He sat back and he watched the devil deceive his own life. He watched the devil work his way into his marriage, work his way into the life of his wife, work his way into the promised land of God. And before you knew it, they were on the outside looking in, church. On the outside of God's promise instead of in the middle of God's promise. They were on the outside of God's blessing and on the outside of God's divine anointing. They were on the outside of the supernatural power of God because they failed to drive out the enemy. 
He allowed the devil to wiggle his way in, and far too many of us are doing the same exact thing. We're sitting back and watching the devil wiggle his way into our lives, wiggle his way into our children's lives, wiggle his way into our marriage and into our minds, into our finances and our households. We're not doing our duty to exercise the authority and the power of God. We're not taking dominion over our enemy. And he's coming in. And listen to us. Listen, church. It's why we can't taste the fruit. It's why our promise doesn't seem to be uh, available to us. Because we're sitting back waiting for someone else. Listen, I don't know what was up with Adam. He was given dominion. He was given authority. He sat back. The Bible says he watched. He was with his wife when the devil deceived her, church. I don't know what was going on, but he should have been on his knees. I don't know what was going on, but he should have walked up to the enemy, not calling you the enemy, brother. But he should have said, I command you in the name of God to get off of my property, to leave my wife alone, to leave my property alone, to get gone in the name of Jehovah. I don't know what he was waiting for, but because he waited, he lost paradise. Because he hesitated and procrastinated, he lost paradise. He lost the blessings of God. Listen, stop waiting for the pastor. Stop waiting for the staff. Stop waiting for someone else. Stop waiting for God to come down when He's already given you the divine authority. Maybe Moses, or maybe Noah, Noah, Moses, Adam. Maybe Adam was waiting for God to just drop down and execute His His power over over the enemy. Well, why should He have? He already breathed life into to Adam. He already breathed His character into Adam. He already breathed His authority into Adam. He already gave Him dominion and rule and reign. And He was waiting for Adam to rise up and say, Be gone, thy serpent, in the name of God. Listen, we need to do this, church. Crying about all this and crying about that. We want this and we want that, but we're not willing to rise up under the power of God and drive the enemy out of our garden, church. Listen. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) God told Adam to go forth and multiply, to go into all of the earth just like we were called to do. To expand the kingdom of God. But listen, he couldn't even guard his own garden, let alone the earth. Couldn't even watch after his own marriage. Couldn't even watch after his own wife, (coughs) let alone watch after the whole earth. We've been called to do the same thing. We've been called to go into the highways and the byways. We've been called to be salt and be light. We've been called to set the captives free, to open prison doors, to anoint the lost church and show them the way. But we can't even take care of our own household. Can't even watch over our own marriage. Can't even watch over our own mind. Can't even watch over our own kids. And we wonder why we have no effect in this world. We wonder why we're no, we make no difference in the workplace. We wonder why we make no difference in our society, in our neighborhood. We wonder why our ministry is meaningless. Because we cannot guard our own garden. Because we're not willing to rise up and say, Be gone in the name of Jesus. Get off my property in the name of Jesus. 
Listen, if you're not faithful in the little things, you think you're going to be ruler over much? We got people that want all kinds of ministry and they can't even tend to their own household. Can't even tend to their own garden. Ah, they've settled in. They don't want to hassle with the devil. They don't want to start a fight. They don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to work the extra work, pray the extra prayer, fast the extra meal. They wonder why the fruit's not theirs. They wonder why they're always on the outside looking in because they have not learned to rise up in the authority that was given to them by God and say, get off my property in the name of Jesus. What do you think God is trying to raise up here, church? He's trying to raise up some warriors. He's trying to raise up a body that's willing to stand fast in the fires of life and say, get gone, devil. Oh, touch my voice, Lord. We need to understand who we are. We need to understand who we are. Oh, Lord. We need to guard our garden. We need to guard our minds. We need to guard our hearts. Good Lord, we got to guard our kids. Listen, we cannot make room for them to roam. But the people didn't listen. They didn't stake their claim. They didn't drive out the enemy like I said. And because of it, the garden was spoiled. Garden becomes spoiled by the presence of our enemies. The garden becomes spoiled by, by our compromise. Church, it becomes corrupted by our compromise. Listen, if you want to fully possess your promise, you better learn to tell the devil to get lost in Jesus' name. You better learn to rise up with con- some conviction in your heart. Like I said, not in your own strength, because it's not by power and not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord. And we need to let that spirit rise up in the midst of darkness. We need to let that spirit rise up in the midst of temptation. We need to let that spirit rise up in the presence of the enemy that's trying to wiggle his way into our life, church, and say, be gone. Listen, the reason that I'm bringing this message is because the devil's been working overtime at South Metro Ministries. The devil's been trying to dig in. The devil's been coming after the leadership, been coming after the lay people. And it's time for us to say enough is enough in the mighty name of Jesus. Be gone. I hope you know that God's got something good in store for South Metro Ministries. But it's never going to happen unless we step out and we claim what's ours. Unless we take authority over the devil in Jesus' mighty name. Listen, when you go home, you better rebuke the devil. You better pray for South Metro. You better pray for your pastor. You better pray for the staff and for one another, church. So the devil won't win this fight. Listen, God hasn't brought us this far to leave us hanging. He hasn't brought us this far to keep us from possessing the promise that God has for us. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Make us warriors in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, 
If you're tired of the enemy treading on your territory, you got to rise up and kick him out. If you want the devil off of your land, if you want the devil out of your life, if you want the devil out of your mind, if you want the devil out of your marriage, you've got to rise up in the name of Jesus and cast him out. You need to understand the word of the Lord this morning and realize that there's a calling over your life to to go up and take your promise. To go up and take the land. God's called it out. He stretched out the ten pegs. He said it's from here to there. From the mountain to the valley. From the east to the west. All the way to the great river Euphrates. Ah! But we're happy with a little grape. We're happy with a little piece of the promise, church. When God wants us to take the whole land. How many of you want the whole land this morning? We got to rise up and take it. We got to utterly throw them out, church. Not allow them to dwell on our land. Please listen to me. This is your land. It's your marriage. It's your kid. It's your property. It's your mind. It's your finances. It's your business. It's your household. God gave it to you. And you need to drive the enemy off of it, church. This is your land. Just like the garden was Adam and Eve's, you've got to guard it, church. Please understand. Ah, help me, Jesus. Amen. Here's what I want you to see. Basing this sermon on Deuteronomy 1, 6-8, which says this. On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab... Moses spoke to the people and said, The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You stayed long enough at this mountain. It's time for you to turn, set a course, and go into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills. He's telling them how wide their territory is. He's telling them how big their promise is. He's telling them how big their land is, church. In the Negev, along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. For see, I have given you this land. Therefore, go up and take possession of it. And the thing I want you to see is that when Moses spoke these words, the people weren't where they were supposed to be, church. They weren't where they were supposed to be. They were out of God's will and out of God's promise. Please understand, when you're outside of God's will, you'll never taste of His blessings. When you're outside of God's will, you'll never taste of His power. When you're outside of God's will, doing your own thing, leaning on to your own understanding, instead of acknowledging Him in all your ways, you'll wander in the wilderness for 40 years, church, and you will not taste of the goodness of God. You want a taste of the goodness of God? You better put on the belt of obedience and do what God's told you to do. Whether you're afraid to do it or not, you better rise up in faith and say, I'll do it. Because you told me to, God. And when you do, you will taste and see that God is good. Taste and see that God is good. Listen, you and I need to understand that when he spoke these words... They were on this side of the Jordan in the land of Moab instead of possessing the promise. On this side of the Jordan in the land of Moab instead of in the land that was flowing with milk and honey. 
on this side of the Jordan in the land of Moab instead of the land that was filled with the supernatural power and provision of God. They were on this side of the Jordan in the land of Moab instead of on the side of the, 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 the promise of God that was filled with a testimony, filled with a song, filled with a dance, church. See, the reality is there's a lot of us that have no song and have no testimony because we're hanging out in the land of Moab instead of possessing the promise that God has for us. Hanging out in a land of mediocrity instead of the land of divine blessing and the supernatural power of God, church. Please understand the truth is because of a lack of faith, the children of Israel were living, like I said, in a land of mediocrity. They were short of the anointing. They were short of the supernatural power of God. They were short of His divine blessing. They were short of what He had in store for them, church. They settled short of the blessing and were only part way to the promise. And the sad reality is that's exactly where so many of us are living our Christian lives. We're living on this side of the Jordan. We're living on this side of God's promise. We're living on this side of divine healing. We're living on this side of signs and wonders and miracles and thunder and lightning like we sang about, church. Listen, I want to do more than sing about it. I want to see it. I want to see lightning and thunder and miracles and wonders. And the only way that's going to happen is if I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone and walk out and possess my promise. Amen. How many of you want to see the lightning? Hear the thunder, signs and miracles and wonders, church. Then we got to get out of the land of mediocrity and we got to rise up and possess our land. Listen, here's what you need to understand. Children of Israel had a nice room with a view of the promise, but they had yet to possess it. Oh, yeah, they had beachfront property. They were right on the Jordan, had a nice condo overlooking the promise, church, but they had yet to possess it. Had a nice view, but they had yet to walk on it. Had a great view, but had yet to drink from it. Had a great view, but had yet to possess it, church. And that's exactly where some of us live our entire Christian life. We live in this place where we've got a nice view of the promise, but we're not walking on it. We've got a nice view of the promise, but we're not possessing it. We've got a nice view. We come on Sunday mornings and we bring our family and we allow them to catch a glimpse of God's glory. We give them a little piece of fruit and we think that's enough to satisfy the longing of their soul. We bring them in on Sunday morning. Oh God, that promise looks great, but what about possessing it? What about stepping out and taking it? What about rising up and driving the enemy off your property all week long? long church my lord it's time to stop looking out over our promise and it's time to possess it church oh listen to me children of israel pitched their tents on this side of the jordan they dug wells on this side of the jordan they raised up in a family on this side of the jordan church in a land of mediocrity we're doing the same exact thing. We're raising up our children in a land of mediocrity. 
We're raising up our children in a land where, where, where we don't need God. We're raising our children up in a land of, of compromise and complacency instead of a supernatural place that God has for us. Listen to me, church. It's time for some of us to go home and take our children and take our family across the river into the promised land of God. It's time for some of us to go home and say, children, family, I'm tired of living in a land of mediocrity where the power of God can't be found. Where there's no divine healing, no divine provision, no supernatural work of God. And we're going into the promised land. Going into that land that's flowing with milk and honey. There's some of our children that even don't, they don't know what divine healing is. They don't know what the supernatural power and provision of God is. They don't know what the, the abundant power of the Holy Spirit is. Oh, we talk about it, we sing about it, but they don't see it, church. And it's time for us to take our children, take our families out of the land of mediocrity into a land that is flowing with milk and honey so that we can experience the divine, supernatural power of God. How many of you want to experience that power? Amen, church? Then we need to go up and possess it. A view's not enough. We've got to take it. Listen. God God didn't bring His people out of the land of bondage to settle on this side of the Jordan. He brought them out to make them a great nation. He brought them out to make them a great name. He brought them out to, 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 to let the whole world know that there is a God in Israel. Amen? That the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the only true God and the one wise God. That He is the glory and the lifter of our heads. That there is no one beside Him and no one like Him. That He is the only one worthy of glory and honor and power and praise. It's why He brought the children of Israel out. To give them a great name. Not so they could settle on some side of it hill in the land of mediocrity. God didn't save your soul so you could settle on that side of the Jordan, church. He brought you out to be salt and brought you out to be light. He brought you out to make a difference in this world. Brought you out, like I said earlier, to open up prison doors, to set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind, cause the lame to walk and the deaf to hear. To be salt and to be light, church. To be, to be that light shining in the darkness that others can follow, church, and find their way to Jesus Christ. That's why God said, get up and go possess the land that I have given you. Because God was tired of the enemy treading on his people's territory. And he's still tired of it today, church. I want you to know God tires of our mediocrity. God tires of our complacency. He tired of it with the children of Israel on more than one occasion. He tired of their lack of faith. He tired of their mediocrity. He tired of their complacency. And it's exactly why he said, get up and go. Because he was tired of the enemy treading on his territory. Remember, 38 years earlier, church, the people stood right in the same exact place. 30 years earlier, 38 years earlier, at Kadesh Barnea, the people stood right on the edge of God's promise. They were about to enter into a land flowing with milk and honey. They were one step of faith away from a promised land that God had prepared for his people. They were one step away from possessing their promise. But you know as well as I do that fear infected their hearts. Fear infected their soul. 
fear infected their mind, church, instead of faith. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 more years while someone else ate their figs and someone else ate their grapes and someone else washed in their waters and someone else drank from their rivers, church. They wandered in the wilderness in that dry and barren place because they didn't have faith, church, while someone else gathered their grains and lived off their land. While they wandered in the wilderness, someone else for 40 years lived in their land of milk and honey, church. Because the reality is, and I don't want you to miss this, if you don't possess your promise, someone else will. If you don't possess your promise, church, someone else will. If you don't collect your grapes, someone else will. And it might be your enemy. If you don't drink from the wells... Someone else will, and it might be the Canaanites. If you don't stake your claim, church, someone else will, and it might be the devil himself. If you're not willing to cross the Jordan, you will never possess your promise. Listen to me and understand, if you're not willing to stake a claim over your kids' lives, someone else will, and someone else is. Every single day. The devil in this world is trying to stake a claim over your children's lives. They're trying to infiltrate their lives. They're trying to permeate their thought process. They're trying to stake a claim over their mind, over their hearts, over their wills, church. And if you don't rise up and stake a claim over your children in the mighty name of Jesus, someone else will. If you don't rise up and stake a claim over your marriage and over your spouse, someone else will. And before you know it, adultery is going to raise up its ugly head because we didn't know how to rise up and protect our family. Didn't know how to stake a claim. Listen, if you don't stake a claim over your mind and say, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind, someone else will stake a claim over your mind. If you don't stake a claim over your promise, someone else will possess it. And it might be your enemy. Someone will always take God's promises. Someone will always consume the things of God, church. And if it's not you, it'll be someone else. If you're not willing to rise up in the face of the enemy and say, get off my property, he's not going to go away, church. Listen to me. One of the things you need to understand about possessing your promise is that the enemy isn't just going to give you what's yours It's not going to just give you what's yours. You have to be willing to go up and take it, church, and utterly drive him out. You have to set your feet on the promise if you want to possess it. Remember, God spoke to Joshua. And he said, every place upon which your foot shall tread will be yours. And I know I've preached this before, but if you're not willing to step out, you'll never inherit your promise. If you're not willing to step out, you'll never reach the promised land. If you're not willing to step out, the waters will never roll back. The sea will never part, church. The mountain will never move. The walls will never come down. Healing will never come your way. I want you to understand, church, that unless you're willing to step out, you will never inherit your promise. If you're not willing to get out of the boat, you'll never walk on water. You'll be bailing out water your whole life. Did you hear what I say? If you're not willing to step out of the boat or get out of the boat, you'll never walk on water. You'll be bailing out the waters of trouble your entire Christian life. And that seems to be where so many of us are. 
It seems to be where so many of us live our Christian lives, our entire Christian life. We're bailing out the waters of trouble, bailing out the waters of sorrow, bailing out the waters of difficulty. We seem to be constantly overtaken by the winds, constantly overtaken by the waves, because we're not willing to rise up in the authority that God has given us and said, Peace be still in the name of Jesus. Listen, the reason that some of your boats are being tossed about, the reason some of your marriages are being tossed about, the reason you got so many storms going on in your mind, going on in your life, troubling your kids, is because you have yet to rise up and say, Peace be still in the name of Jesus Christ. How many of you want peace in your household, church? Then we need to be willing to rise up. Listen, I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm trying to lift you up. I'm trying to give you the tools and the weaponry that you need in order to possess the promise that God has for you this morning. How many of you want your promise, church? Amen. And we got to be willing to fight the fight. we got to be willing to confront our enemy. And if we're not willing to stake a claim, someone else will. Listen, it's why the devil is still on our property. It's why he's still messing in our marriages and fooling with our finances, controlling our kids and living off of our land. Because we're not doing spiritual warfare. Because we're not putting on the full armor of God. Because we're not using the divine weapons of our warfare, church. And because we are not utterly and and completely driving Him off our land. I'm going to ask Pastor Chad to come because I'm going to start winding this down and follow the way the Holy Spirit wants me to go. But in Joshua chapter 18, verse 3, Joshua said to the people, How long will you wait? Before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. How long will you wait? How long will you allow the enemy to live off your land, church? How long will you wait before going up to possess your promise? How long will you settle for less than God's best in your life? God's best for your marriage. God's best for your spouse. God's best for your children. How long will you wait for God's best in your life, church. How long will you live in a land of mediocrity? The Holy Spirit is asking this morning. How long will you wait to go up and take what's rightfully yours? You see, the land is there. The promise has been made. And I don't want to wander off, but I want to give you an example. It's like when Elijah was told to go to Kareth Brook because there was a famine in the land and God wanted to take care of him. He told him to go to a specific location where the ravens would feed him and where waters would be available for him. But please get this. Please understand, if Elijah went or not, please know the promise would have been there. The promise would have still been there. It was up to him to go to that place. It was up to him to step out. It was up to him to have obedience, to go to that place that God called him to go. And because he did, he was sustained. Amen? He found the promise of God fulfilled in his life because he believed the words of the Lord. And I want you to understand this morning that God has a promise for you. God has a place of sustenance for you. He has a place of divine healing for you. He has a place of peace and a place of power and a place of provision for you. But it's up to us to believe that it's there. And it's up to us to rise up and go get it. Listen, when God spoke to his people at Horeb, And he told them to get up and go. It's because the promise was in their minds, but not yet under their feet. They had not yet possessed it. They had not yet walked on it. 
They had not yet driven the enemy off of it. They had not yet drank from the waters. They had not yet tasted of the fruit. They had not yet tasted of the honey, of the honeycomb. They had not yet possessed the promised church. And the saddest part is they were okay with that. They were quite all right living in a land of mediocrity on this side of the Jordan, on this side of the promise and the power of God. Listen, I don't know about you, church, but I want more than this side of the Jordan. I want more than I can provide for myself. I want to go in and possess the land. Amen. I want to be like Caleb who said this because Caleb wasn't okay with hanging out on a hillside. He remembered back 40 years when he had an opportunity to go possess the promise and he wasn't allowed because the people had, were, had a lack of faith. And here he is later and he says these words in Joshua 14, 6 to 13. He stands before Joshua, who's about to divvy up the land. He's about to parcel out the promised property of God. And he says, you know what the Lord said, Moses. Or you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me, Joshua. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Convictions that we could go up and take it. Convictions that the land was rich and worth taking. Convictions that no matter who stood against us, we could conquer the land because the Lord is with us. According to my convictions that nothing is impossible with God. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet shall tread will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said that to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, Joshua, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Then he says, now give me this mountain that the Lord God has promised me on that day. You yourself heard then that the, Amakite, that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But with the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he commanded. And I will utterly drive them off the land. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. How many of you want your inheritance this morning? Amen. I want you to stand to your feet because the Holy Spirit asked me to do something in this service that he didn't ask in the beginning. How many of you want to possess your promise? How many of you want your mountain? Then we need to be willing to rise up like Caleb. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward and just stand here. I'm going to ask you to tarry with me, church, because here is the deal. You can want your promise all you want, but unless you're willing to go up and possess it, it's not going to be yours. So the question is, how many of you want your mountain this morning? 
If you want your mountain, here's what you've got to be willing to do. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, give me my mountain. I don't know what your mountain is. Maybe your mountain's your marriage. And you need to say, God, give me my marriage. Maybe it's your child. Lord, give me my child. Maybe it's healing in your body. Lord, give me my healing. Maybe you need peace of mind and a good night's rest. Lord, give me peace of mind and a good night's rest. Maybe you need a a miracle in your finances. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, give me my financial blessing. God, give me the thing that I need. Here's what I'm going to do that I didn't do in the first service. Turn this on for me. Keep both of them on. How many of you want your mountain this morning? If you want your mountain, I want you to lift up your hand because here's what we're going to do. Do something different and it's not to put you on the spot. Daryl, you want your mountain? I want you to say, Lord, give me my mountain. Lord, give me my mountain. Say it again. Lord, give me my mountain. Who wants their mountain? Who wants their mountain this morning? You want your mountain? Say, Lord, give me my mountain. Lord, give me my mountain. Say it again. Lord, give me my mountain. Who wants your mountain? You want your mountain? Tell the Lord. Oh, Lord, give me my mountain. Say it again. Amen. Who wants their mountain this morning, church? You want your mountain, brother? Tell the Lord. Lord, give me my mountain. Amen. Who wants their mountain this morning? If you want your mountain, here's what I'm asking you to do. You've got to step out. I want you to name your mountain. I want you to come up here, and I don't care what it is. If your mountain is your marriage, I want you to come forward and claim your mountain and say, Lord, give me back my marriage. Give me my healing. Give me my son. Give me my daughter. If you want your mountain, I want you to come here and get it this morning, church. Come on, don't wait. Pastor Chad, play. I want you to come and get your mountain this morning as we wait on the Holy Spirit. If you want your mountain, come and name it. Name your mountain this morning. Hallelujah. Come on. Believe for your mountain this morning. Church, name it. If you're standing there, name your mountain and take it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The mountain is yours, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you just tarry and press in this morning, church. Moving, moving back. Forward into your promise this morning. Forward into healing. Forward into marital harmony. Forward into salvation. Forward into the power of God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You have drawn me to such freedom. I 
in the name of Jesus. Fear and panic is gone in the name of Jesus. Worry and doubt and depression, it's gone in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I want to do something here that the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Don't go home without your victory this morning. We've told the Lord that we want our mountain, but there's something else we've yet to do. we got to tell the devil to get off our property this morning. Amen? Here's what we're going to do. At the count of three, no matter where you're standing... I want you to name your, in your mind your difficulty, but we're going to say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, get off of my property. Amen? On the count of three. One, two, three. Satan, get off my property in the name of Jesus this morning. Bless the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, let's sing that song. Let's go into the enemy's camp. How many are ready to take back what the devil's taken from you this morning? Amen. Come on, bless Him for making all things new this morning, church. You're going home victorious this morning. Amen. Amen. Can we bless the Lord this morning, church? Hey, let me pray. And now we're just going to sing a song of victory as we go. If you want to tarry, you do that. But don't go home until you have your promise. Heavenly Father, we thank You that Your Spirit is in this place this morning. I thank You this morning, God, that You have called out a place for us to possess. And we claim healing in the name of Jesus this morning. We claim the mountain of marital happiness this morning. We claim the souls of our sons and daughters this morning. We claim a sound mind this morning. We claim rest this morning and peace this morning. We claim the joy of the Lord this morning. We claim the goodness of God this morning. I pray this morning, God, that you would rise up, O oh God, that you would bring victory to the lives of your people. Help us to rise up with boldness, God, in the face of the enemy and tell the enemy to get off our land, to go into the enemy's camp and take back what belongs to us. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us leave here victors this morning with the possession of our promise. We give you the praise and the glory and all of God's people said, Amen. Can we bless Him one more time, church, for His goodness? Pastor Chad, just sing us out as we go.